Only Three Lads is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast family, home to some of the best music podcasts on the planet. Visit PantheonPodcast.com to discover more. And if you like what we do on O3L, we kindly ask you to please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. It really helps us more than you know. Well, hello, O3L community. Before we get started with today's exciting show, here's a peek at our friends from the Never Loved Elvis podcast. Hi, it's Kevin and Bez from the Never Loved Elvis podcast. Generously described as a blend of knowledge, ignorance, and humor. Each episode, we catch up on music news, live gigs, or late-night drunken vinyl purchases from eBay. Also, we debate, but mainly argue, about which artist deserves to be inducted into the prestigious Never Loved Elvis Hall of Fame. It really is quite a privilege. Join Pete, a guitarist, Ian, a drummer, Bez, a DJ, and myself, Kevin, wherever you get your pods. The Never Loved Elvis podcast, where ignorance, knowledge, and humor meet. Welcome to the first annual, oops, the inaugural ceremony for the Only Three Lads Hall of Fame. And here are tonight's presenters, podcasters, Uncle Greg, and the Rocktologist. Security, can you escort Will Smith out of here? Thank you for joining us once again. It is the Only Three Lads podcast, where we take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999. Episode 113. 13. Crazy, crazy. I am Uncle Greg. Of course, we have the professor, the rocktologist, just the knower of all music stuff, Brett Fargo. The knower. That's a new one. Yeah, I think the knower might be good. You know, I guess it's not a big milestone episode, but we are bringing something special today, aren't we? Uh, what? Besides um, still my my germs? Well, there's that. Today, we are doing our first annual O3L Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Okay. Well, first of all, there's no such thing as first annual. It would be the inaugural. Oh, whatever. I know. But that's sort of, see, that's like the stuff that, that's you know. splitting hairs. That's not splitting hairs because- you know how like people like, like, I don't know if it's my pet peeve, but like, I don't know, being in, uh, I guess, broadcasting and writing um, when you have people, it's the first annual right there. Whenever anybody says it's the first annual, they're never going to do it again. It's going to be a failure. That's just in my, uh, I guess, experience because okay. people who don't know inaugural, um, usually they're slapping it together. Well, I shall use the word inaugural at various intervals okay. in this very show. So I do understand that concept, but you know, I, I foresee this as being something we continue doing, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Because I think that, um, you know, every year at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I was one of those people that used to get really upset. It's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. How's yeah. Madonna in there? LL Cool J, blah, blah, blah. So it's really turned into the Music Hall of Fame, which, yeah. you know, and if you really want to split hairs, um, if rock and roll, the rock and roll people from nowadays, if they're really going to be rock and roll, it's the rappers. I mean, who else is going to get busted with drugs, a bunch of baby mamas, cocaine, uh, syrup, you know, all the rockers now that's like kale and masseuses and, you know, good vibes. And so rock and roll to me is a little dirtier than that. So, um, but I, it used to drive me nuts, but there's always the snubs. And I'm sure with the very first inaugural first annual only three lads hall of fame inductees um i'm sure there's going to be snubs that people are going to be just dumbfounded by and i'm dumbfounded by some of the people i have to leave off my first five list oh for sure and you're right i mean especially this year and that's kind of why we put this into the randomizer because this year's hall of fame induction had its share i mean like every year but of criticisms it's like you know why did dolly Parton and eminem make it in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame over Devo or Kate Bush? Or can you really measure that Lionel Richie's influence on rock and roll is greater than the New York Dolls or MC5 or, you know, any of the others on there? It's all subjective and it reflects the biases and the tastes of the directors and the voting committee. So we are going to build our Hall of Fame or Hoff for short. Yeah, it's the yeah, Hoff. It's the Hoff. And we'll make it specific for the music we talk about. Some of them have been passed over notoriously for the likes of Carly Simon. So, yeah. hey, whatever. Maybe we'll give people something else to complain about. Maybe we'll build something that's a value for our O3L community. 
There you go. Well, see, here's the thing with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, in my opinion. 1983, it started. It was about rock and roll. Well, yes. of course, it's a museum, so they want to uh, earn money. It's a business. So that's why it kind of shifted focus away from rock and roll into probably more mainstream. You know, instead of influence, it was about sales. You know, people want to go see Elton John's, you know, uh, costume or his what he wore on stage in 1975 more than what MC5 wore type of thing. That Donald Duck thing. Yeah. So remember that? Gosh, I, I just remember him. It's ridiculous. You know, the crazy glasses. And then he got more and more hair as he got older, which I thought, wow, only Elton John. Aging in reverse. Exactly. So but but, you know, but you're you're right. It's it's it, you know, it comes down to suits. And it comes down to money and it comes down. It's not like the music nerds that are running it. It's people. Hey, look, I wear a suit every day. My shoes got no tread. So I'm way more important than you. And so I'm going to make all these decisions. And it all comes down to dollars and cents because they got to keep the doors open. I understand that. Totally. Yeah. Sometimes you're just like, how could like for how long did they not have Rush in there? Rush. You know, Iron Maiden, uh, Judas Priest is finally in. That's like rock and roll to me. But then, of course, uh, there's just like Duran Duran's not in until this year. I mean, yeah. are you effing kidding me? You know how? I mean, really, really? It took them till now to put them in. I mean, come on. Talking about the subjective nature of it, the three bands that you mentioned, Rush, Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. If I were to open up a rock and roll Hall of Fame they wouldn't even be allowed in the parking lot. <laughs> but that being said, I can recognize their influence and I recognize their musical talent, even if it's you know nothing that I would ever listen to in a million years. So I can't begrudge them for being in there. There are some people, it's starting to get a little silly with some of the people that exist outside the fringes of rock and roll or even influencing rock and roll that get in, but whatever. Well, Duran Duran could have been in there in 96. So, I mean, Eminem was still, uh, it's well, 25 two, years. 2006. Yeah, 2006. Oh, oh yeah, because they were in 81. So, yeah, so 2006, you're right. My math isn't great, obviously. That's all right. Uh, that's why I got into broadcasting. I didn't have to crunch numbers. You don't need math. Uh, math. Who math, needs it? Math is for a bunch of chickens. Who cares? Bunch of chumps. Yeah. Right. But, you know, you got like Eminem. Love him. I, his early stuff, you know. My name is Chicka Chicka. You know, it's all great stuff. But it's like, how did he get in so quick? You know, Dolly Parton. Okay, if we're going to put her in there, cool. But, you know, Country Hall of Fame is never going to put Oasis in there. Uh, the Country Hall of Fame is never going to put Ramones in there. Yeah. So it's just it's just weird how. But I understand it became really they should just call it the Music Hall of Fame and we might as well just get over it. But there's still a lot of people out there get really upset every single year. It's rock and roll. Give it up. It's not even worth the argument anymore. Although Noel Gallagher's response to being snubbed from the Country Hall of Fame was, well, you know, the old Wonderwall's country, old Rizzo's. Maybe something like that. That's his official response. His yes. official response. So I'll tell you what, this week. O3L community, go to our Facebook page. We want to hear your top five, your Hall of Fame for the only three lads era of, of 1974 to 1999. Yep. Obviously, for our inaugural class, we can only have a maximum of 10, and that's assuming that we have no crossovers, which I have a feeling we are going to. We're going to build upon this, and we'll choose, I don't know, a couple, three that uh, maybe are the popular votes from the O3L community to add to our hall of fame and we don't have any fancy museum this is all virtual so yeah, it's a virtual no it's pretty fancy virtually in our own imagination it's huge we'll be charging buku bucks for it too oh you come in, in our minds yeah you get a drink you get drink tickets that way you know you don't get too hammered there right uh, we right. want everyone to be safe the bathrooms will will have um we will have a bathroom for they them because we want to be progressive like that certainly um uh, we're gonna have vegan options at the oh the snack bar oh the snack yes. bar, yeah oh it's delightful yes uh, already kale burgers no god no for all of you rock and rollers <laughs> yes <laughs> kale burgers and then we're gonna have i don't know what would be a good rock and roll meal i would say pills cocaine pills and pig intestines <laughs> there I don't you go. Know. maybe i don't know pills and cocaine <laughs> yeah. yeah 
<laughs> what are going? Well, I mean, it is all imaginary. Yeah. So well, if, we you can know, do that at yeah, our snack bar. Just think if the snack bar was Horse and Cocaine, that's the name of the snack bar. There would be a line around the building daily. It's always that vice stuff that gets them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I already made the rocktologist a little uncomfortable. So, hey, that was pretty good. Ten minutes in. That's and all it's it usually took. my job to make people uncomfortable when they come to the rocktologist's office. <laughs> nope. Never. In Brett, we trust. That is what we're going to print right underneath the only three lads Hall of Fame virtual Hall of Fame. It's not much for a motto, but I'll take it. No, I think it works good. All right. So you ready to get our list going? You want to be the first to induct? I will be the first to induct. Okay. So our inaugural Only Three Lads Hall of Fame, kicking off my list of inductees, is a band that went on to start, or at least popular, popular if I can say uh-huh. this word, yep. popularize yep. Uh, the genre of punk rock. Now, they transform music with their back-to-basics, minimalistic style they were just inducted well they they were inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame in 2002 and so some some kind of a homer um i had to go with the ramones they're american punk rock now i was thinking about putting the clash right here so i know the clash they did not make my list so uh Mm. they should have okay this is one of those snubs that upset me even so shocking cool your tits i have to put the ramones in there and i know that the Clash should be in there, but I just couldn't do it with everybody else I wanted to get. So I guess the Clash became one of my snubs. But the Ramones, they make it. Their debut album changed music. I mean, they influenced punk, heavy metal, grunge, alternative, probably even some some classical. Post Malone probably even has got a little Ramones in them. Um, the last original member died in 2014. That was Tommy Maroon. Um, I almost said Marone. Tommy Ramone, Um, and then Joey, of course, he passed away in 2001, Dee Dee in 2002, Johnny in 2004, but Marky, Richie, Elvis, which was Clem Burke of the Blondie, uh, Blondie, uh, and now he also plays with the Go-Go's now. CJ, they're all going in the inaugural class for me of the O3L Hall of Fame. Well done. So sorry, Clash fans. I'm a fan too, again. Likewise. ugh, ugh, Ugh. If your snubs create controversy, oh, just wait till you get a load of my list. Well, I'm ready. Let's hear it. Your first inductee. My first inductee into the O3L Hoff is going to be The Replacements. Good pick. Yes. They amazingly, although somewhat not completely surprising, have been snubbed in Cleveland's Hall, but they did a lot to save rock and roll from itself in the 80s. At a time when rock music was starting to once again get too self-important and too image conscious, the mats hit the underground with an irreverent attitude, usually drunk, raw, fast, sloppy, out of tune, you name it. They weren't pretty boys bred for MTV. They didn't come from a big metropolis like New York or L.A., or I guess I should say a big cultural metropolis from New York like New York or L.A. They were very proudly Midwestern from Minneapolis. They were rightlessly funny and notoriously chaotic. But from day one, they had the songs, even if they didn't want you to believe that they gave a flying flurg about the little details like songs. Paul Westerberg was harboring a dirty little secret the whole time. He listened to Bob Dylan. He listened to Joni Mitchell. He listened to Frank Sinatra. He had a heart and he enjoyed classic pop songcraft. And throughout the 80s, the Mats would pull off the unthinkable. This little ramshackle, devil-may-care punk rock band continued to grow. They released classic after classic that started to resonate with college kids and fans of the burgeoning alternative rock scene. And I'll say that their run of Who Nanny, Let It Be, Tim, and Please to Meet Me is one of the greatest in rock history. Westerberg's songwriting skills accelerated him to spokesman of a generation-level greatness, learning how to channel empathy and real human emotion into songs without sacrificing what made the band special in the first place. In the process, they had a profound influence on Pixies, Nirvana, um, No Depression Americana like Uncle Tupelo and Whiskey Town, Goo Goo Dolls, I mean, countless bands. Jan Wenner may not find them hall-worthy, but I certainly do. So I would like to induct the replacements into the O3L. Hoff, all in favor, say aye. Aye. All right. It's unanimous then. Good pick. Thank good you. pick. Thank That's you. a good one. All right. Well, of course, Depeche Mode is in my O3L Hoff 
Mm-hmm. You know, Andy Fletcher, his recent death, sending shockwaves through not only music, but pop culture in general. Yeah. Uh, sad story. Um, we still don't know his cause of death, do we? I just heard natural causes. Wow, at 60. Nothing foul, yeah. Yeah, so um, everybody, take care of yourselves. Don't wait. Use your time wisely. Again, the greatest gift is time because you never know when it's up. Yep. Never know. And this guy was 60. It's way too young. Way too young. I'm, you know, Brett's almost there, so I'm sure maybe kind of got you a little scared, huh? Got a couple, three more years. Yeah, exactly. But of course, you know, Depeche Mode, they started in 1980 as this lighthearted new wave pop band, Just Can't Get Enough, Dreaming of Me. Then Vince Clark, he leaves to go form Yazoo. Martin Gore took over songwriting duties, brought in that darker sensibility to the songs. Then Alan Wilder who I think is Depeche Mode, steps in. They're off to the races, become the iconic band, who they are throughout the 80s and early 90s. You know, and Depeche Mode, you want to talk about influencing so many bands, so many artists. I mean, Axl Rose actually praised Violator when it came out. There's so many heavy metal bands uh, that just say Depeche Mode. And it's so crazy when you think about it, because one thing Depeche Mode is not, is heavy metal but one thing that they are is those darker sensibilities the emotional stuff everything um i just think that they're great and with fletch now gone uh it could be all over um you know you just never know i mean if it is over they're never going to be forgotten hopefully it's not over uh hopefully maybe alan wilder comes back and they say let's let's kick the world in the crotch one more time or not even one more time let's just do it again and um, hopefully they'll tour once again. And if they do, you better go because it, again, yeah, everyone's starting with their fellware, a fellwell. No, I can't. I don't know why I, I have snot running down my throat. Farewell. That's the word. Farewell. Yes. Farewell. Wow. And fellwell. But anyways, so Depeche Mode, of course, they're in my Hall of Fame, and I would expect them to be. Yes, I had them as a certain Uncle Greg shoe in. Yes. Thank you. You know, I'm more mainstream than you. Funny you should say that you never know when your time's up because, well, this band has a song called Time's Up. So my next inductee into the Othriel Hall of Fame represents punk rock. And yeah, again, it may be a little bit of a left field choice in a subgenre with influential icons like Ramones, The Clash, The Sex Pistols, etc. But I'm going to shine a light on a band whose influence continues to burn bright. And that band is Buzzcocks. While the sheer Britishness of Buzzcocks may keep them from ever being considered in that other rock hall, this is why I'm going to induct them into our little shrine. First, they were instrumental in bringing the pistols up to Manchester. So that was the gig in which at least half of the attendees went on to form their own bands that we all know and love. They were the first UK punk band recognized to release an album on their own indie label, therefore kicking off, by and large, the whole DIY ethic when they set up their new hormones label as a vehicle for their Spiral Scratch EP in early 1977. And when lead singer Howard DeVoto soon departed to form his own groundbreaking band, Magazine, Buzzcock soldiered on with Pete Shelley taking on most of the vocal and songwriting duties, of course with Steve Diggle, guitarist, contributing on occasion as well. It was with this lineup that they released a string of flawless, and I do mean flawless singles, including What Do I Get? Promises, Love You More, Ever Fallen In Love, I Don't Mind, all these great songs that have been masterfully collected on the essential compilation singles going steady. So while The Clash and The Pistols sang about rallying against the system, which no doubt was very important, Buzzcocks records were about something more universal and therefore in a way kind of more revolutionary for a punk band at the time, and that was Love. Pete Shelley wrote with a sexual ambiguity that managed to capture the joy and frustration of the human connection in a way that was funny, relatable, sensitive, and yet still sounded very much punk. And the songs were insanely catchy and as well-structured as the best of 60s pop. With his high nasal voice, he sounded like no one else in punk rock before him, but you know what? He sounded a lot like a lot of people after him. In fact, I hear more of his mark and Buzzcock's mark in pop punk and, you know, punk rock that's followed more so than, say, like Johnny Rodden. So Buzzcocks are still a going concern for Steve Diggle following Pete Shelley's 2018 death. 
and they actually have a new album on tap that I'm looking forward to. And I hereby induct Buzzcocks into the O3L Hall of Fame. Great pick. Thank you. Good one. Good one. And just to let everybody know, I'm not numbering these for a reason because I don't, I can't do, I was barely yeah. picking five people just to represent my Hall of Fame was hard enough, much less putting them five through one. It, totally. Uh, yeah. So that's why I'm doing it. I'm sure I, I seem, seems like you're doing the same thing. There's no yeah. number. No number. No number. deserving. Absolutely. So make sure to get over to our Facebook page, the Only Three Lads page. Make sure and give us your five inductees for the Only Three Lads Hall of Fame. Get over there and do it. Let's get do this it. community talking. Let's see who we're snubbing. Who's going to make you the angriest? Yes. Well, the clash already for me. Oh, the clash will. And be. that's my own list. I got issues. That's for sure. All right. Stick around. Our list continues after this. Your issues deserve their own Hall of Fame. <laughs> It would be long and slippery. Hi, it's Jim Shepard here from the Jasmine Minx, and you're listening to the Only Three Lads podcast. O3L Spotlight. Here at Only Three Lads, we love discovering new music, too, and believe that a lot of it will appeal to classic alternative music fans. Here's one of those bands, The New Fools, from Cambridge, England, off their excellent new album, Vanilla. This is I Found You. Thank the community once again 
for sticking around. Episode 113, we're taking a look. Well, we're inducting our first five artist bands into the Only Three Lads Hall of Fame. This is quite the ceremony. It is that great ceremony. Star studded. We got dressed. Um, I'm not wearing underwear. As I would expect. And you're a little snot today. Yeah, I'm having a lot, a lot of snot. I'm sitting here talking and it's like, wow. I don't know. Maybe I should have wore some underwear. Maybe it's the free balling that's doing it to me. I don't know. I believe today uh, I am wearing. Oh, I actually am wearing designer. It's Adidas. Oh, wow. I have a gorilla shirt on. Ah, very nice. Very yeah. nice. Is that gorillas by Gucci? Uh, no, um, by uh, by Blur. OK. Yeah. Which is a great label, too. That's my brand. That's your brand. Yeah. Yes. My brands, yes. brands, brands. All right. Pose for your red carpet photos now. <laughs> yeah. But we want to thank you once again. We want you to head over to our Facebook page. Give us your first five inductees into the Hall of Fame. And don't forget, you could find us on a lot of different platforms. But the easiest way to find us, just tell your friends to Google the Only Three Lads podcast and we're right Mm -hmm. there. And then if you're a user of one that I discovered the other day called Pod Paradise, for example, you'll easily find us. Really? Pod Pod Paradise? Pod Paradise, yeah. Huh. Well, thank you, Pod Paradise. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining the party and spreading the love. Uh, the other one I heard about was Samsung Podcasts. I guess uh, there's an app on Samsung devices, maybe smart TVs and things of that nature. And we were just added to that as well. Oh, good. Getting bigger and bigger each day. Again, Brett, if you do anything bad, you're going to end up in the press as podcaster. Brett Vargo. I'm banking on it. All right, cool. I'm banking on being called a podcaster and doing lots of bad things. All right. There we go. Uh, okay. Yes. The moral Back compass. The moral compass of this podcast, ready to do bad things. You see what fame does to people? Sometimes it just makes yeah. them freak out. It's gone straight to my groin. <laughs> All right. Well, my next pick for my Only Three Lads Hall of Fame is a band that not only changed guitar rock, they influenced millions of kids to start a band. Something the Pixies say they are the most proud of. Well. How about that? I'm sure this is a shocker. David Bowie referred to the Pixies as the psychotic Beatles. And, uh, of course, that sense of dynamic still influences music that's soft and quiet and then loud and hard. And I've talked about in the past episodes how theft led me to the pixies you know and sorry mom but sometimes crime does pay you know i still feel bad for that theft but it did bring me to what i was looking for full thrust drop back and then even more ranging climax and the pixies so that's why i picked them you're still talking about music right yeah i I kind of so uh pixies hall of fame for me i'm inducting them welcome to the hall of fame welcome to the hall of fame Pixies. Yes. yes good choice not Surprising. No, I'm mine are not going to be surprising at all. My next induction into our hall is another band who has been grossly neglected by stuffy industry voters, but I could not imagine a post punk world without them. It is Joy Division. And yeah, I know they only had two albums under their belt, but look at the lasting impact of this band. They took the fury and energy of punk rock and turned it inward into something darker, more tormented, desperate claustrophobic insert your very powerful impact word here through ian curtis's intensely personal lyrics and vocal delivery he spoke to legions of disenfranchised youth who were feeling the same thing roughly it's always tough to say without band x there would be no y but i can't help feeling that without joy division the course of the 80s would have been radically different and everything that followed since The Cure going into a darker direction with albums like Faith and Pornography, The Chameleons, Goth Rock, Synth Pop. Heck, when I was at Cruel World just, you know, a couple weekends ago, the number of Joy Division shirts that I spotted outnumbered most of the bands who were actually playing. And that's 42 years after Ian Curtis's suicide meant that it was impossible for Joy Division to be a functioning unit. Of course, you know, the other three did carry on as a functioning unit in New Order, but that's a whole different legacy of its own for a different day. I believe, though, in another 42 years, we're still going to be seeing kids wearing Joy Division shirts. I mean, not only are the images iconic, but the music will still resonate and be relevant. Songs like Love Will Tear Us Apart, Atmosphere, Isolation. 
These are timeless. It's music that breathes and sees. Skeletal anthems that expose the rawest nerve of human emotion. And that's something that's not going to go away as long as there are people on this earth to share in them. And so, Joy Division, with my other esteemed director's blessing, I welcome you to the Othriel Hall of Fame. Welcome. Great Welcome. Pick. Yes. Thank you. Even though they didn't have all that put out, but then, of course, look what it led to. New Order. Yes. And then also all the influence and all the, you know, music that's still influenced by New Order and Joy Division. Yep. They burned bright and fast. Yes. Now, how many O3L t-shirts did you see at the Cruel World Festival? I saw one. Oh, look, yeah. at, that's awesome. Yeah. One. It was It was mine. I, I just had to look down. Oh, I got all excited. But to be fair, there may have been others, but there were a lot of people there. Yeah. I mean, I knew probably... I don't know, at least a dozen people who were there. I did not see a single person. And the cell phone reception was so terrible that the people that I did try reaching out to, uh, my text messages wouldn't go through and it was just frustrating. So I gave up. Was it because of, you know, the Rose Bowl or was it because just so many people there? I think so with, many people. Yeah. With, yeah. with the cell phones. Yeah. So many people trying to hog uh, limited reception. Wow. You think they would get a, their own tower out there or something? Cause I would think. Yeah, I mean, that would be kind of a smart move for the promoters of the festival because, you know, people are going to be taking videos and sending them out. Yeah. And then what they should do is, um, you know, sell like a live stream and which would, that would make it even more important. Yeah, so I guess something for next year. But you know what? I mean, in another way, I hate the trend of whatever's happening on your phone being more important than what's happening on the stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or people watching the show through their phone, you know, after yeah. taping. No, I put my phone in my pocket and I want to experience it. That being said, for communication purposes, like I lost my son and my wife for probably a good two or three hours during the during the day. So I still had a great time. And then they had to track you down. Now, on the other hand, and this has nothing to do with anything. This has nothing to do with our Hall of Fame episode. The show I went to the other night, talk about a polar opposite of Cruel World. I took my daughter to go see... New Kids on the Block. Oh, wow. Salt and Peppa in Vogue. And the reason why she really wanted to go was Rick Astley. Oh, yeah. She wanted to get Rick Rust. Yeah, Rick Rolled. Yeah. Rick Rolled. So, God. Yeah. I mean, it was an entertaining show. I mean, it really was. I actually enjoyed it more than I should. But, I mean, you're talking about like every middle-aged woman who thought she was still 17 had her cell phone out taping the entire thing. So, all you saw was just this sea of cell phones and amazingly new kids on the block fans are still 35 years later very loud really yes now you see this is what i miss about big concerts remember how like you used to like doctor your lighter and then when yeah. everyone would you know pick up their lighter and you know make these torches now everyone's got their phone which when you see like a sea of that that still looks cool yeah when they use it to try and you know but but let's bring back the lighter. Yeah. That was the only time I ever bought a lighter was for a yeah, concert. Yeah, for a concert. Yeah. But now people have vapes too. And they people think, oh, they can't tell the difference between my, you know, tobacco vape and my marijuana vape. But I can tell. I can tell. You have a finely attuned nose. Yeah. But I don't Even with it. all the snot. Even with all the snot. Well, then probably not. I don't really make any judgment towards it, but I'm, it's just funny because you could always tell people with like vape, they're trying to hide it. You're like, dude, nobody cares. Relax. Relax. So your next choice is going to be Frankie Goes to Hollywood. No, but my next band inducted into my Hoff made mainstream music irrelevant. Of course, after the Pixies, we have to induct Nirvana. Of course. Kurt Cobain set himself trying to write the perfect song, basically ripping off the Pixies. And if you weren't around in 1991 because you're younger than that it's really hard to explain how nirvana just tilted the music world's axis i mean not only that just the cultural landscape axis it was i can still tell you the very first time i heard nirvana i5 san diego listening to 91x and this song comes on grab me by the throat and i wasn't the only one people were must have been bored with the hair bands you know the hair rock at the time and i'll tell you what when this song came on it was electricity through the air. And then I remember going to kids. We used to have these things that were called record stores. 
and they were in all the malls and you would go in there and they would have records from all different genres and like they sold posters and t-shirts and we would walk in there and and, you know i was never cool enough to work in a record store uh brett totally would have been even look i would have been but i didn't yes so he should have you should have absolutely but we would go into these stores and i remember um people asking for like nevera you got that band nevera and um Nevermind was completely sold out all the time for just weeks and weeks and weeks. They couldn't print them fast enough. So then people were buying bleach. That's why Sub Pop, those guys are driving around still in their fancy cars. Uh, They can thank Nirvana for that. And uh, also Geffen for not being able to print enough copies. But it was just a cultural phenomenon that changed everything. Macy started selling, you know, flannel shirts. It changed fashion. It changed music. It changed TV. And, um... It continues to this day. I mean, how many young kids you see with Nirvana shirts, they walk around and they're picking up guitars and that's what's important. And they're getting their feelings out. And if we had more of that, we might have less of other things. So I'm sure in the future, Dave Grohl will also be a two-time inductee in my Only Three Lads Hall of Fame. Uh, But Nirvana, of course, they got to be part of that inaugural class for me. Of course, got to be. Another shocker. Another shocker, and I'll tell you, all the people that sounded like Gomer Pyle that went in to buy that Nervera album are no, no, very no, pleased no, right now. Nervera, hey, you got pleased. that Nervera. Well, how many people knew that like uh, Nirvana was? It was like the paradise for what religion? I don't even know. Uh, it's like the heaven Buddhist, for Buddhist. Let's maybe? see. Let's see. I don't want to upset anybody. Yeah, too late. Nirvana heaven. Yeah, it's it's Buddhism. Okay, good. Whew. Yeah, we do know what we're talking about. Sort of, kind of. We knew that. I I knew it was like the place everybody wants to go, you know. Yeah, it's the highest plane, right? I guess so. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I, I would love to study all different kind of religions because it's interesting because um, I'm really interested in humans and stories. Maybe that's why I became a journalist. Uh, but I like to listen to all sides and the sides that piss me off the most. And um, I like to hear why and what make people tick. And religion is such a huge part of how people think of how their DNA is made up and, you know, from going back in their family, even people who aren't religious, that's a religion. And so I think that religion is so uh, important and um, it's amazing. I'm not a really religious person. But the concept. Yeah. And, and just, you know, it teaches you how to live a good life, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and so people may not agree with what the teachings are, but if you really break it down, it's about treating people as like you would want to be treated. That's all good stuff. It's the guiding principles for life that prevents us from becoming a completely anarchic uh, bunch of credence. Yeah. Well, more so than we are. And women, too. I think women are a big part of it because if it was just all dudes and we just make we would like still live in caves and we'd pee on rocks and, you know, we would have like, you know, stream fights and stuff. It'd be horrible. And this is not usual behavior. Uh, Well, for us, maybe Uh, Uh for like a lot of guys. (laughs) I'll tell you what, this is what talking about P, P. Okay, here we go. Um, at Arizona State University back in the 80s, like nowadays you don't see it as much, but for people who used to go to maybe college games or professional football games or sporting events in the men's bathroom, like women always complain they have to wait in line and there should be more toilets. And I agree. But for guys, the reason why we can get in and out so fast is because there's just holes in the wall and there's just, you know, like gutters on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then at ASU, there used to be, like, it was like a tub. And you would stand and you could look at the guy in front of you in his eyes as you're both holding yourself going to the bathroom. This is why and we often go so you fast. you would, right? Oh, God, yeah. Because you if you look anywhere else, you know, you might get, you know, but still it's weird. You know, I, oh, yeah. I, I don't want to hold myself and look at hardly anybody in the eyes, you know, unless I'm intimate with that person, but especially some strange dude. And then, you know, if he's drunk, then they start talking to you. And that's like horrifying. Well, yeah, but I'd be worried about like drunk people in their aim. That's yeah. what I'm more worried about. Well, that's like, yeah, you know, that's why, you know, uh, People who put like guys, okay, I have like a foot fetish, right? So um, people think, oh, you like girls in shoes. No, I, I no, because who would want shoes on your bed? You know, you stand and pee, you walk in your shoes all the time. That's like strippers. Why are they wearing these, you know, big old shoes? Shoes aren't the turn on. I don't get, maybe it's for some people, 
but I, but for me, shoes are filth. And whenever I see like shoes on a bed, it freaks mm. me out. Yeah. Little more into the deep. They do not belong psyche. in the bed. And that has nothing to do with religion, but it should be because, uh, you know, you don't want pee. You know, that's like a lot of times if you see like maybe a religion say don't eat pork, it wasn't because pork was evil, but it was making people sick. So they had to have people stop eating it. So they said, our boss said, don't eat pork. I'm honestly no longer sure what this was about. It was about um, crossing streams and peeing. Okay. Is where it all went to, I think. Well, this may be uh, edited out of the HBO version of the broadcast. <laughs> That's like when I used to work at the uh, 101.5 The Zone. You would go upstairs and like the guy's bathroom, that's where Bonaducci, where he would yeah. take his shower when he beat up the uh, transvestite. Mm, that was okay. the same, you know, building where I worked. And there was like the, uh, that was in the alley where that all happened. But the women's restroom, you'd walk in there and there was like, like a waiting room and it had like couches and armors and they had hair curlers and dryers and hair products and all this stuff. And it was like super cool. And then some, you know, it's like, why is it so great for the women? I said, well, somebody wanted to come here and breastfeed. I said, okay, I got it. I got it for, for the children, make it nice in there. But you walk yeah. into the men's bathroom. I mean, and you stare at Danny Bonaducci's junk across from you. It was a disaster. You know, it was like, you had to get a shot before you walked in there. You know, you might have to get a, you know, some sort of cream to rub on your hands before you get the hell out of there. But that's just like, so women, when you think you're waiting in line and somehow you're getting shafted, just know, just know you have it way better than us. Cause even if we wanted to go use a toilet, there's pee everywhere. Because especially with people drinking at sporting events or whatever, it's just not good. Now, granted, you give birth. So, I mean, it's all relative. Yeah. You you deserve some perks in the restroom. <laughs> yeah. And well, also that, you know, just the babies. I would like them. You know, I, when they said that, I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. You know, that's why. But I mean, it was beautiful in there. Bright, beautiful. For our contribution to life, we get Danny Bonaducci. Yeah. And, but I'll tell you what, I did pass out numerous times and sleep on those couches. Oh. And that was pretty much known for what I was, because I would go out and I usually worked early in the morning. So if I went to an event or if I just went out, I'd go to work. Uh, That's at a little surprise for the ladies. Yeah. Well, no, they, oh, Greg's in here. Okay. Big deal. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like the well, first time. Well, and McBeal was very big at the time, right? So. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, well, they had just like a, a men's women's bathroom. It was like a unisex bathroom. Yeah. But like there was like a there was like that waiting area, then the bathroom. So they walked through another door oh, to okay. get into the bathroom. So but it was still the women's restroom. But I was yeah. like, huh. but uh, that's slightly less creepy. A little bit, a little bit. Slightly. Not much. Yeah. All right. Uh, are we at my number two? Yes. Yes, okay. we are. All right. Of all the head scratching exclusions from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This one to me has to be possibly the head scratching -est. And I do realize that I just made up that word. So I ask you, why haven't the Smiths been enshrined in this, well, obviously inferior hall? Is it because Morrissey's a curmudgeon who would inevitably compose some witty and cutting retort to express his disdain for any institution who would give him accolades he so richly deserves or is it because Maz, Mar, Rourke and Joyce would never stand on the same stage together for an acceptance speech ding, let ding, alone ding, 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 ding. one of the famous jam sessions thereby uh, jeopardizing the all important TV ratings or are they another product of being too British, too literate, too niche too whatever to appeal to the broad sensibility of the voting panel whatever it is I'll say this the Smiths were one of the best, most brilliant bands that have ever roamed this earth. In the roughly five-year time span that they existed as a unit, they put out four classic albums, a clutch of non-album singles that in the fine tradition of 60s British bands their peers would have killed to have on their albums proper, and of course gave them a few additional albums in their catalog, some great compilations, including Hatful of Hollow, and depending on what side of the pond you're on, Louder Than Bombs or The World Won't Listen. Morrissey's lyrics were brooding and moody, but they could also be funny and playful, and either way were always good for a series of thought-provoking one-liners of Oscar Wilde-esque proportions. Johnny Marr quickly became a modern-day guitar hero with his slashing riffs and birdsy jangle, and the rhythm section of Andy Rourke and Mike Joyce they were always underrated 
in discussions of the Smiths music, but the way they lock in and dance around the other obvious features of the band's sound is truly awe-inspiring. So if I can generalize here for a moment, there's a dividing line to me for the music that we discuss on O3L. Music before the Smiths and music after the Smiths, because they impacted a whole heck of a lot of music that came after, at least as far as what I listened to. We're talking C86, Twee Pop, Indie Pop, Brit Pop, whatever. All of it bears the distinctive stamp of the Smiths' influence. Countless bands have chased after capturing the personality and perfection of what the Smiths were able to all those years ago, including me, admittedly. But to answer the question, how soon is now? The answer is very soon, because it is with great pleasure that I offer up the Smiths into the O3L Hoff. Great pick. Thank you. Yes. They deserve it. They deserve it. Another one of my snubs. Oh. But you better snubber. Up. I'm a snubber. Of this dirty mess. snubber. You snotty snubber. But I wish that, you know, again, we only had five to put in, but definitely a band that deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Totally. Just the influence, the music. And when you listen to some of the songs, most of the songs, it's, they still sound fresh and uh, unique and awesome. Absolutely. Don't forget, we need you to get over to the Only Three Lads Facebook page. Leave your five inaugural inductees into our Hall of Fame and uh, just make sure that they are during the golden age of alternative music, 1974 to 1999. We have one more each and we will reveal them coming up after this. Hi, this is Mimi Bettinas from Pez Band, and you're listening to the Only Three Lads podcast. Only Three Lads pays tribute to two dearly departed legends of the classic alternative world, Andy Fletcher from Depeche Mode and Cahal Coughlin from Micro Disney. While we will all feel the void that they've left behind, we're thankful for the years of brilliant music. Many condolences and prayers to their families, friends, and bandmates. Now back to the show. We are back. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and every day, episode 113 of the Only Three Lads podcast. This is Uncle Greg. Of course, we have the Rockter, Rocktologist, um, the Professor, the Knower. Snubber. That, well, we're all kind of snubbers, but it's Brett Fargo. I think we're putting together a pretty good inaugural class for the <clears throat> first annual yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hall of Fame. Yes. Now, of course, uh, what do you think Morrissey would send to us that we could put into our virtual Hall of Fame besides his middle finger? I think that he would send his scorn and dismay that uh, we would trivialize his career to a uh, petty podcast. Hmm. Well, just to let him know, in our virtual pretend world, at our um, little snack shack there, we do have vegan options. Maybe we'll name something after him, like Morrissey's Meatless Balls. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's like, our, it's like our meatball dish. Yeah. Our fake meatball. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I'm sure he would be honored. Yeah, I'm sure he would be. I don't know what he would say about balls. I'm trying to think. He would have a complaint. That's for sure. Uh, I'm sure he would. No matter what we do, exactly. he would have a complaint. All right. Well, here we go. My final pick for my inaugural Uncle Greg's Only Three Lads Hall of Fame class. Hmm. I'm Yeah, I'll give you one guess. Well, I think that w if we were to do the math, it might be D squared. Damn, you're good. Really good. You. Yes. You know, uh, they may be finally getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We talked about them a little bit earlier. Uh, their first year ballot inductees for me. 11 top 20 hits in the 80s. They were fashion, groundbreaking music videos. They have all the songs. I mean, um, artists, as we talked earlier, they become eligible for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, 25 years after the release of their first album and the influence and the significant con uh, contributions to the development of rock and roll. And uh, these guys have it all. I mean, come on. Duran Duran is all that squared, as you said. I mean, Brett, I mean, you got to have Duran Duran, not only for 
credibility of any Hall of Fame because of everything that they brought, but it would also bring people in because talk about mainstream, they really moved MTV to a new level, but MTV helped them talk about a win-win situation. Uh, they were just everywhere. And like, you couldn't beat Duran Duran from probably 82 to about 85, 86. And then that's when everything started to hiccup a little bit. I think Andy Taylor then left at that point. Yeah. They went through a rough patch. Yeah. And then, well, the rough patch, because they still had Arcadia, right? Am I saying that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arcadia. Yeah. yeah. And then um, they had, you know, like when they kind of got to Barbarella and that's those songs, I think that uh, that was kind of the dark area. But then when they came back, I mean, they were reborn in uh, 93 with the wedding album. And I just think that, um, and then this last album's great too. I mean, it's, yeah, really good. It's just like you don't hear the album sales like it used to be. This would be easily a platinum album by now if this was 19, what, before that people stopped buying albums. 99. But it's a great album. Uh, if you haven't heard the new album, you should. Laughing Boy. What a great, great song that is. Duran Duran, though, they're in my Hall of Fame. Mm hmm. There you go. Well, well done. Clap right. there. And you had mentioned uh, credibility in any Hall of Fame. I watched a great movie on, it was on Disney Plus. It was called Long Gone Summer. Watched it yesterday. It was on the 1998 home run race between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. And of course, you know, in the end, it turned out, you know, when they started talking about the whole steroid issue. And of course, Barry Bonds, who then eclipsed their home run records a few years later, he admitted to steroid use as well. So that's kind of tainted their records. It's kept them out of the Hall of Fame, et cetera, et cetera. And I started thinking, gosh, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, imagine how many people would be in there if they, you know, denied people entry for performance enhancing drugs. I think that there wouldn't be a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or an only three be. lads Hall of Fame without drugs. I mean, you don't want to glorify it, but when it takes your brain to a different place, I think that that, uh, I don't know. I don't want to, gosh, artistry, you can be sober and do it also. Yeah. But I think sometimes when you get a different consciousness, you see different things or you feel different things. Uh, and if there's people who can handle it, there are people who could drink every day, sure. not alcoholics. There are people who can't drink at all. And um, it becomes up to the individual. Drugs kill. It's that simple. But they do make great art. So I'll leave it yeah. at that. I, I agree. I appreciate everything. I appreciate drugs. I appreciate everything they've done. Everybody knows yeah, yeah, yeah. that I'm not a druggie. I've never done any sort of illicit substances of any kind. But I, I can tell I, you that. I, I don't even think you do caffeine, do you? Oh, no, no, no. I do copious amounts of caffeine. Oh, okay. well, there you go. Well, there it oh, is. Oh, yeah. That's, that, that's at least an energy drink a day. <laughs> I got to have some sort of ice. But I will tell you that if not for the influence of drugs, I mean, if they were to bar anybody from entry into any sort of Hall of Fame, we'd be talking today about the Osmonds and Pat Boone and it would end there. But you see, there's got to be an Osmond that took a little hit, took a little toke. One Possibly. toke for Jesus, you know, whatever it was, because even those people, um, you know, people who try and pretend like, not, not that they're pretending. It was but, probably, what was it, yeah. Merlin? Was there a Merlin? Merlin Osmond? I don't know. I don't know. But it probably was Merlin, if yeah, so. You know, especially if they were like the find out. <laughs> the the folk type religious Merrill. Merrill. Yeah. Merrill so he probably rolled a tight joint, but you know, you gotta learn on the DL. Oh Merrill. That's why it's so impressive. You know, Merrill, you know, it's not like he you're like, Oh, let me do this and he takes out the dollar bill. No, he probably had like he was a one hander. He got real good. Mm. He was hiding. We all have a dark side, Brett. You have a dark side. I do. I'm, I spit mine out every week. But we all have this dark side, and that's what fuels people. That's what fuels artists. That's what fuels uh, sports people. We all have a dark side. We just don't want to admit to it. And so, even and it doesn't make you bad. It may make you do bad things or questionable things or things that you normally don't wouldn't think are moral or, or good. Oh, no. But, I'm going to do all sorts of bad things. Yeah. So I know that's what you were just saying. We've established that. Yeah. With the fame of this podcast, Brett's going down that road and I'm going to try and steer him away from it. You know, I've stepped know. in all the potholes and in this quicksand and all that stuff and had a great time, laughed the whole time. So hopefully we can keep Brett safe. 
Well, I think that the next obvious step is that uh, Meryl Osmond and I, you're going to find us in a uh, in an alley somewhere with needles sticking out of our arms, like passed out. Wow. So just to I, forewarn you. I hope not. I hope you're injecting hey. yourself with joy and gratitude. That's not how me and Meryl Osmond roll. <laughs> and this is allegedly Meryl Osmond. Al- yes, allegedly. allegedly. Before all you Osmonds fans come at us with pitchforks. <laughs> yes. Meryl Osmond, as far as we know, is not a heroin junkie. Yes. Before we get a cease and desist from the Osmond empire. But I will say, if I were going to end up half dead in an alley with any Osmond, it would certainly be Meryl. Good idea. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Let's get to your All last right. inductee. Well, I couldn't escape my list of inductees without a little crossover with Cleveland because his impact on rock and roll in general is significant, and his impact on the music we discuss on O3L is immeasurable. And of course, he's also very big in Germany. So without further ado, I would like to induct into the rock and roll Hoff, the very obvious choice, the Hoff. Yeah. The Hasselhoff. All right. Well, let this be actually the um, the most controversial snub. I did not pick the Hoff. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Or Meryl Osmond. Instead, I'm going with the Dame, the Thin White Duke, David Bowie. Awesome pick. Yes. So I can use David Bowie as an example for so many facets of the music that we talk about here, because while he usually wasn't the first to do something, he was usually at least the most visible star to bring it to a wider audience. So let's take, for example, going a little bit before the O3L era, after Ziggy Stardust, all of a sudden you had Andronimus, Androgimus, sorry, I've done it to you this. You're really getting to me. I know. Or it could be the heroine. Androgynous glam rock went from an outrageous shocker to a fixture on UK family time variety programs. After Station to Station, Low and Heroes, fans and musicians who never heard of Kraftwerk claimed the German synthpop pioneers as a major influence, giving rise to synthpop. After his album Lodger that incorporated some African and world music textures, you heard a lot of that start to seep in. Bowie influenced Roxy, who in turn influenced Bowie for a more sophisticated style of theatrical art rock that then spawned bands like Japan, Duran Duran, and a whole host of new romantic and new wave bands. The punks, they absorbed it all, from his incendiary work with Lou, Iggy, and Mott the Hoople, to Brian Eno and Robert Fripp. And then pairing the trailblazing rocker with Nile Rodgers for Let's Dance caused people who may have thought that they were too cool and quote-unquote authentic for disco to rethink their position, that there was a synergy between the two that could boldly propel pop music forward into the mid-80s. And then at the height of his pop music bombast, with the 80s hair and the colorful suits, he stripped it all back again for the lean hard rock attack of Tin Machine. Then in the mid-90s, he toyed with industrial music with Trent Reznor, concept albums, drum and bass. No, David Bowie wasn't the first to do a lot of stuff, but he often was the best. He was the best at synthesizing his various influences and taking elements of the fringe and presenting it all in the unique way, I really can't talk, that only David Bowie could. He was a legend on this earth that will forever loom large in our world on O3L and the world at large as an absolutely essential entry into the O3L Hall of Fame. I present none other than David Robert Jones, the late, great David Bowie. Wow. You gave credibility to this Hall of Fame for sure with that pick. Thank you. As did you. Well, because David Bowie, he was one of my snubs. Sex Pistols, mm-hmm. a snub. Now, yep. the Smiths, which you picked, so that's good. One of my snubs. The Cure. Snub. snub. Uh, Beck. Yeah, Beck. I, yeah, I the Rock had a snub Hall of Fame this year. Um, or no, is he? What Did he get? I don't know if he's in. Yeah. But he's great. B-52s. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of my personal favorites. And really, um, Radiohead, one of my snubs. Radiohead's another snub, yeah. I was, I've been listening to a lot of OK Computer, just had the 25-year anniversary of that. Mm, and wow, yeah. I hear a lot of different bands from there. I mean, wow. I've been listening to all the songs. Yeah, I snubbed all those same bands. Um, to add to the snub pile, I also had Talking Heads, uh, Kraftwerk, mm-hmm. 
Blondie, mm-hmm. because what I thought was sorely missing, we kind of made this inaugural group a boys club and undeservedly so, like a Blondie or a Patty Smith or Susie. Somebody deserves to be in to represent the the ladies out there. So when people put their list, these are just our personal list, our picks for yes. the Hall of Fame. So if you do think, think that there should be a female represented, head over to the Facebook page, Please. leave your list of five for our Hall of Fame, and we can still induct more people. Yeah, totally. And how did I leave off Elvis? Uh, you know, when you started, I swear, when you started talking about this person, the blah, 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 I wrote Elvis Costello. Jeez. One of your snubs. And then you said David Such Bowie. And I said, wow. Well, it happens. I kind of like it. All right. Well, here is my inductees into the inaugural inducted class of the Only Three Lads Hall of Fame. The Ramones, Depeche Mode, Pixies, Nirvana, and Duran Duran. All right. And I was the replacements, Buzzcocks, Joy Division, uh, the Smiths, and Bowie. There you go. And we need to hear what you think. Head over to our Facebook page. We'll say it again. Leave your list of five and it'll at least lead to fun discussions because we're heading into the summer now. And one of the worst things you could ever say in Phoenix is June 1st because you know that you are screwed until November. It'll be 105 or six, which is like, oh, you guys think that's hot for us? Like, oh, it's not a bad day. Well, you know, mid-June will be 115, 120. And that's when I have to sit inside and really discuss list because I'm not going outside. So nothing else to do. Yep. I gotcha. I gotcha, brother. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Facebook will post something, Instagram, and we are getting more active on Twitter. That's our goal this year to try to twit more. Yeah. Tweet. Tweet. And we have to do something with, we have to do some videos so people can see our face. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a big win for you, the community, but um, yeah, maybe we'll pretty ourselves up. We'll have to make a, I don't know, maybe like a little studio type thing in the background. Yep. But Brett's already set. You can see Brett's guitars. And if you ever see any of our video, um, he's got a wall of music behind him. I have a big beige wall. That's it. So we'll I get have to do something dolled cool. up in the women's lounge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do our hair, maybe eye guy liner, something. Yep. Something to make us look pretty. Yep. Lighting. Cover up the track marks from uh, Meryl. Meryl Osmond. Oh. Damn. All right. Well, hit that randomizer. Let's see what we're talking All about next week. All right. How about top five albums of 1981? All right. Let's roll with it. Rick roll. Let's Rick roll with not, it. Not Rick Ross roll. Bonehead. No, but but he deserves his own role too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm I'm sure he rolls all the time. Yeah. He seems like a really good guy. You seem, Did you ever see him um with Foo Fighters on like YouTube? No. Well, the story goes Dave Grohl. Was you know, like they have were just like let's you know practice some cover songs. So during soundcheck, and they started doing, you know, Rick Ross's song, "Never Gonna Give You Up." No, that's Rick Astley. Rick Ross is a is a big mean looking rapper. Oh, different dude. Yeah, different dude. All right, edit all this out. How could I edit this out? Now, did you go see this Rick Astley? Didn't or did you yeah, see Rick Ast- Rick Rick Astley? Astley. Okay, that's yeah. what I was talking about because you know. Yeah, he's never gonna give you up. Paisley. Paisley went and uh, saw him this week. So we were talking about Rick Roll. Yes. And that's where I said Rick Roll. And, but I said Rick Rock's Roll because I'm into rappers, I guess now. You're thug. You're yeah. living the thug life. I'm going to go get a stomach tattoo right after this. Mm. So, all right. But Dave Grohl saw Rick backstage and was like, hey, dude, we were just trying to, you know, learn your song and sound check. You want to come up on stage and sing it with us? And he went up and it, they tore it up. It was super cool. Wow. Yeah. He's still in really good voice. Now, I will say there was not a live musician in sight anywhere to be found oh yeah it was all pre-recorded backing tracks in fact it was called the mixtape tour so they kind of all rotated and and then they would play some like 80 songs and new kids on the block would come out and basically they would over these 80 songs they would go san diego let me hear you say ho and do like all the you know yeah. the standard rap things ho, and they would do that ho. during every single song Raise your hands up in the air yeah, and wave yeah, them like yeah. you just don't care. Yeah, I remember all that. That being said, it was rather entertaining. And Rick Astley was great. And uh, I, I really, really would love to see him do that tour 
playing Smith songs like he did in the UK. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. All right. And maybe one day he will be inducted into our Hall of Fame if he does that. You he never keeps know. up with those shenanigans. You never know. Rick Ross might too. Rick Meryl Ross. Osmond might. Who knows? <laughs> it's a free for all. Yeah, we are free form radio. Free yeah. form. I yeah. don't know what it is this week. When we're doing this in 2049 and we've run out of people to add to our Hall of Fame. Who knows what will happen? You never know what's going to happen. Well, then by then, people who are artists now will, I guess, they'll be ready. And we'll be senile and most likely dead. Oh, going to be senile? I think we're there. Yeah, good point. All right. Good point. All right. Shall we wrap this up? Let's get the hell out of here. All right. Well, thank you all for attending our inaugural, not first annual, although it is the first of, you know, annual, but, but whatever. That's. Well, again, splitting hairs. We love optimism. That's we good. love optimism. Yes. Our inaugural Both Real Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And until next week, we will wave hello and say goodbye. Peace. The theme music is Frequency, written and performed by yours truly, Brett Vargo. Any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review, examination, and news reporting. If you like what you hear, go to your record store and pick up the LP, CD, cassette, or 8-track, or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants. If we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us, go out and see some live music. For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.